Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Six Flags Entertainment Corporation is the world's largest regional theme park company with 29 parks across the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Their parks operate like a city within a city, keeping guests safe with medical services, fire departments, dispatch centers, and internal emergency operators. Overseeing it all is our guest today, Jason Freeman. Jason's held seven roles at Six Flags, beginning his career in 1984 as a security and EMS supervisor. Today, he's Corporate Vice President of Operations, Public Safety, Maintenance, and Engineering. In this episode, Jason breaks down his municipal approach to EHS and the exciting new initiatives that are sailing Six Flags into the future. Let's hear from Jason. Jason, I'd like to start with the most pressing question, and this one comes from my mother. Are roller coasters safe? Well, Peter, that is a very normal question, believe it or not. And yes, they are absolutely safe. We operate a very safe industry. I'm going to give you some statistics from the National Safety Council from 2019, because 2020 was an outlier with COVID, and then the data isn't out yet for 2021. But in 2019, the theme park industry saw over 400 million guests come visit our parks throughout the industry. Out of that, we delivered 1.6 billion rides. And out of that, there were 1,200 ride-related incidents. Now, you can do the math on the data, and you can see that we are a very safe industry. Keeping in mind, one incident is too many, and we strive to have none. But unfortunately, there are things that will happen. But I also want to be very clear that that 1,200 could range from anything that happened on that ride. It could be a guest who was sitting on a queue line rail waiting to board the ride and fell backwards. So those are the types of things that you'll see. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there were somewhere out there an injury of some sort of significance because I don't want to downplay that. But if you do the math, you can see that we are very, very safe industry. You're more likely to be injured in a car accident on your way to a theme park than you are at a theme park. Yeah, that makes sense. And those stats are pretty amazing. I mean, look, life is risky and you're always going to be at risk of something bad happening, but it sounds like you guys really focus on safety as an industry to make that number so low. So that's impressive. I'm just curious, how many guests do do you guys serve in, in your organization on a given day? So collectively, we see about 28 million people a year, guest visitors a year. Uh, we have about 50,000 employees to take care of those guests. On any given day, depending on the size of the park and the uh, and so on, we can see anywhere from 500 guests to 40,000. You know, we are a mini city, if you will. And that's 40,000 in one park in a 12-hour day. And in a lot of cases, some of our parks, depending where they're at in the country, the daily attendance can eclipse the size of the census in the city that we operate in. Wow, that is a lot of people to suddenly be concerned with <laughs> for a short amount of time. What are the primary components of EHS and security at Six Flags? Sure. So we lump everything in a group called public safety. And our public safety department 
comprises of our safety department, our safety manager and their team that oversees all the safety components of the things that we do, the audits, the OSHA training, all of that industrial type stuff, along with guest safety, where we, we touch every part of the business, whether it's culinary, revenue, retail, gains, whatever touches a guest or a team member, our safety department touches. Also in public safety is our EMS department. Every one of our parks, we have our own EMTs and paramedics. In some of our parks, we do our own ambulance transporting. And in some parks, we actually have our own fire department. And then, of course, every park, we have our own proprietary security department. And again, we operate just like a mini city. We have our own computer-aided dispatch centers. We dispatch, uh, we have our own emergency lines, our own E911 system, if you will, internally. And we dispatch out just like you would do if you were to call 911 at your house. You will get a public safety representative, a security officer, a uh, EMS professional, and so on. That's really incredible. And I know you've been with the organization for a long time. Was it like this structure from day one, or did that form over many, many years of hard-learned experience? Yeah, so when I started a long time ago, This is my my 38th year with uh, Six Flags. And back in in the days when I started, the safety departments as they are today were just coming into existence. So I was fortunate enough to be on the ground level and foundational level to help build the structure of what you see today in most theme parks of what a public safety department is. And it has definitely grown over time and has matured and become a very well-rounded operation to focus on guests and team member safety. Just takes time. Learn from all the experiences day to day and then build it up and respond accordingly. It's great that it sounds like you guys are really adaptive to what you experience out there. Yes, absolutely. That's the name of the game, right? We, We have to be adaptive. We continually look at our operation every day we make changes as need need be. We don't rest on our laurels in any sense of the imagination. When you're dealing with public safety, you have to be nimble and you have to be reactionary uh, as well as proactive, right? The overall opportunity is to be proactive and try to stay ahead of the curve. But there are times that you get a curveball thrown at you and you have to be reactive to that. But those that are successful are the ones that can be that nimble. After 38 years, I bet you've seen everything. (laughs) Well, I like to believe that, but uh, every year there's something new that comes my way that I may not have seen coming. And and the reality is when you deal with the public or you deal with 50,000 employees, there is always going to be something that comes up that you may not have been ready for or thought you were ready for. And you just have to be able to switch gears and be on top of it. Well, with that in mind, how do you stay prepared for anything when you're managing couple dozen, more than a couple dozen cities within cities. I love that term that you use. Well, it all starts with the people that I work with and that work for me, right? I mean, I have very qualified public safety managers at all of our parks, plus their supervisors, plus their line level team members. You know, in our company, and it sounds cliche, but we really do, we really do believe it. You know, safety is is the foundation of everything we do. And every employee, whether you're a part of public safety or not, has a very important role to play into that. And we just do a lot of training uh, and education and programs and things to ensure that our team is ready to handle any type of crisis that can happen at any level too. So we have very tried and true procedures for disaster planning and active shooter and all those things, but we just don't rest on, hey, we have a policy. We actually, every year, each park does multiple types of training and drills and 
that type of thing, working with our outside resources, our partners from government agencies, such as fire to police, Homeland Security, FBI, you name it, we deal with them usually because when you have that many people coming through your property, again, we are a city within a city. So we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared that if we operate in an area where we're, there are tornadoes and a tornado hits a community, well, we might have to be self-sustaining until resources get to us because they're tied up handling what's happening in the community and depending on what their level of availability is. So we prepare to ensure that we can handle ourselves for the time frame that we think we may need to. And so our guests can and our team members can come either to work or play and know that they're in a safe environment. That's great. Do you have any particular stories where one of your teams handled an incident in a really good way? I, I'd just love to know how issues are reported in your organization and then how they're acted on at Six Flags. Sure. So, you know, we are almost instantaneously aware of everything that's happening within our parks. So, so we have a very clear chain of communication of when things are happening. And if we miss it, we're going to find it on social media anyway. But social media today, things pop up very quick. So our teams at the parks are very good at notifying us of things that happen. But we have great stories all around. We This year alone, we had two cardiac arrests of people just that had cardiac problems that our medical team saved. One was a 12-year-old boy who had a medical condition that he or his parents didn't know about. And we were able to save him, and he's living a, a good life now. We've delivered a few babies over the years. Um, wow. <laughs> so, again, we encounter all types of things that will happen in any community. So, similar to airlines, amusement parks are held to a very high set of safety standards where safety is under heightened scrutiny in the public eye, like you just said. People have their cell phones, they're recording things. So, how do you communicate to the public the steps that you take? to keep the park safe. So if you go on our website, there's a piece in there about safety and that will talk about all the things that we do and, and how we inspect our rides and you know how we maintain our facilities and that type of thing. You asked earlier about when I first started versus now. Well, back in the early days, safety and security was something that companies didn't talk about, whether it was theme parks or airlines or that type of thing, because the perception was that, oh, well, if you have it, you must have an issue. Well, in today's world, people want to feel safe. They want to know that you have these types of policies and procedures and programs and personnel and, and all that in place. So, you know, we use opportunities such as this podcast. We try to get our messaging out through public relations. And again, it's not to pat ourselves on the back in any way. An incident can happen anywhere at any time at any facility, but it's about letting the public know the things that we do do. I mean, we spend 650,000 hours a year inspecting our rides in our facilities. 40% of our capital budget goes to maintaining the maintenance of our parks. There's just a lot there that guests don't know about, but if they come on to website, they'll be able to learn a little bit about it. And again, I say that not to tell our own form, but it is truly foundation of what we do and we take it very seriously. Well, if you think of all those rides that you guys offer, you can have billions of them. And if they all go well, no one really remembers them that long, but if there's one incident, man, that gets seared into people's memories. So you have to put safety first and foremost. I think we do. And every one of our team members, if you're a ride operator, whether you're whether you're a teenager or somebody in their mid of life, gets the same training. Everybody gets the same amount of training, the same type of training. So, you know, it is a consistent program 
that keeps people safe. And listen, you know, we operate in layers. You've probably heard that before, whether it's safety or security. And so there's multiple layers of things that we do and not any one layer is more important than the other, but all the working together is what keeps keeps our folks and our operations safe. Yeah, and I, I just think like when I'm at the park and inevitably you get on a ride and there's someone who's not following the rules, they're not putting their belt on or the bar, and the teams are just so good at handling that. They're not just looking to enforce, but they talk to people the right way and they help them understand the why behind it and they can de-escalate. So it sounds like that's a part of what you guys do as well. That's right. And we have a de-escalation program that we use. It's not only for security, it's, you know, we call it tactical communication, but it's about communicating with people about an issue that might be happening. And sometimes it's a restraint or they're not behaving or or whatever. Sometimes we have to be able to tell them they can't ride the ride because they, they can't necessarily fit in a restraint. So it's a delicate balance to do that without embarrassing the person. So we do give our employees what we call tactical communication to help them communicate in those hard situations. Well, outside of the many core components of your safety and security program, what are some exciting initiatives that Six Flags is rolling out here now in the present and maybe in the near future? Yeah, so, you know, we are heavily focused on technology and we are looking to technology to better the guest experience, to enhance our team members' workability, to make their work environment better for them as well. So we're looking at a lot of different types of technologies that might be able to help us in that plight. So on the security side, specifically, I can speak to the role of a security officer is to patrol, observe, and report. And if we can use technology to help us there and then better utilize that security officer, that physical security officer in a different location, that's what we want to do. So we were excited. We've been beta testing uh, some robots just to see what that technology can do for us, right? So again, a better experience for our guests and a more efficient work environment for our team members. It's probably a pretty fine line that you have to walk between your guests feeling like they're being maybe spied upon and you're trying to get them kicked out of the park versus no, we're just doing this for your safety. How do you navigate that? I mean, first of all, it starts with communication. We have very clear signage and policies on our website that say, hey, we have a code of conduct that we expect you to follow. It's a zero tolerance code of conduct. And if we find you in violation, you will be asked to leave for the day or sometimes maybe a little bit longer, depending on what happens. So it is a fine line. And again, we are not out there looking for somebody doing something wrong, but we are out there proactively to ensure that things don't happen. And if we come across it and we get informed about it, we will address it. We're not out there actively seeking it, but everything that we're doing is in a proactive stance. Yeah, I mean, it seems like even just regular corporations have this issue. The first time people meet security is when they've done something wrong and they're in trouble. And that's not the right way to approach it. It should be just part of the business. People should see the security officers like waving high and they're part of the experience. And that calms everyone down, I think. Yeah, and that's how we we operate. Our, our security officers are front and center. You'll see a lot of them in parks. And listen, we train our, our security folks to think you're 98% guest service. 2% we need you for security. So you're usually the first person a guest sees or even a team member and then the last person they encounter as they leave. So our security officers need to be guest centric, team member centric, very positive, 
we want people approaching us, not steering away from us. So we're very high visibility uniforms, but they're not uh, your traditional paramilitary look. You want them to be a friendly, inviting environment, but have enough authoritative look to know that they're a person of authority as well when needed. Is there other tech that you're looking into to help with this, to reduce the human element, to detect things like people carrying guns or whatever? Yeah, so we've had metal detectors as a company since 1988, I believe, but we've actually invested in new technology, a new type of metal detector that is AI intelligent, and it's much less intrusive than than normal metal detection. So you basically free flow through the device instead of one at a time, and it will identify an item that we may not want in the park. And it does it by putting an orange box on where that item is. So we're not arbitrarily looking through somebody's belongings if we don't need to, right? It allows almost 3,000 people an hour through. Oh, wow. Uh, so we get a lot of people through. It's unobtrusive. In fact, most people don't even know they're going through it. But we do We do have signage that says you're being screened. Traditional metal detection has about a 32% alarm rate. And that's your cell phone and your keys and things of that nature. Well, this new technology, it knows what a cell phone is. It knows what a set of keys is. And so it just allows you to come through at a free flow, unobtrusive. And then if we do have to stop you, we know exactly where it is that we, we want to check. It'll identify where exactly the item is. Yeah, it's a double win for your your guests. Not only are they having a better experience just getting through that checkpoint than they were before, but they're also safer. That's right. They're also safer. And it's, you know, in the day of COVID, you want to be touchless as much as you can. And this technology allows us to do that. And that those are the technologies, again, that we're looking for, as I said, what delivers a best experience, but also delivering on the safety that we're looking to keep in hand. So this is one of those technologies that really is a win for the guests, because if you think about traditional metal detection, whether you're at a sporting event or the airport, it's one at a time, it goes off there, you know, the screening procedures are just much different. One of the things I've noticed over the years at the parks is that you've been adding a lot of additional accommodations for those with disabilities. Can you talk more about that? We're extremely proud. In particular, we, we have just rolled out this year what we call a supplemental restraint harness that our engineering team designed. So it allows all of our theme park rides to be accessible to guests with disabilities. So if a guest is missing some fingers or a limb or something that may preclude them from riding a ride because of the current restraint system, this supplemental restraint harness now allows them to ride the rides. There are some restrictions, but ultimately most people that couldn't ride before are allowed to ride now. And then in addition to that, all of our parks have just become certified autism centers. So we are certified through the IBCCES group, which is the only group that gives certification for autism centers, which means that 80% of our staff is trained in addressing and working with folks with autism. And then our parks are equipped to handle a guest with autism with quiet areas and things of that nature. So it truly is about being inclusive. We really want everybody to be able to come to our parks and visit us and have a good time. Well, all those things require quite an investment. So it's just so fantastic that you're doing that. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Well, let's talk about the future. In your opinion, what kinds of threats or challenges do you see for theme parks on the horizon? Well, you know, it's a whole new world that we live in, right? There's things that are going on every day, everywhere, whether it's a school or a mall or whatever it might be. And it doesn't necessarily have to even be a security issue. It could be, you know, just a, a safety issue. It, it's just a matter of paying attention to what's happening in and around an environment and then ensuring that you're taking steps to be ahead of that. And those types of steps are working with your public safety officials, working with your colleagues in your industry or, or other things, being a part of associations and things that open open communication is always the best. So, you know, and that's what we try to do too, is, is as I said earlier, we don't rest on our laurels. We don't rest on, hey, I've got 38 years of experience, therefore there's nothing new I can learn. Every day is a new learning experience and being able to adjust to that. Well, I'd like to talk more about that because that's a, a big thing I try to promote when I'm talking with people that when you're in the security, safety, business continuity, disaster recovery space, networking is incredibly important. You got to get out there and learn from others. Someday they're going to rely on you. Other days you're going to rely on them. It's super important. And I know you're incredibly busy with what you do at Six Flags all day long, but you're really active in your industry association and your state security task force. So why is it important for you to serve in those roles? Well, just as we were talking, right, I mean, if I'm not talking to people in the industry that work with me, and it doesn't have to be the theme park industry, but whether it's the security community or the safety community or whatever it might be, that's where you're really going to understand what's happening in and around you and what's going on in your environment. So it's very important to network, and we promote that very much within our in our company and we always tell our public safety professionals that our leadership at the parks is the day of the event if you have an event is not the day that you should be meeting your public safety officials you should be working hand in glove and it, it, and it goes beyond public safety it, it's just working with other colleagues if you're trying to find a policy there's probably one that's been written that's good there's no reason to reinvent the wheel it's about coming together and learning how somebody handled a, an issue that might better you in, in the future. So always be open-minded to change. That's one of the things that I, I preach all the time, especially to our younger managers that are, that are just coming in. Always be open to change. Always be open to hearing ideas. And from any level of person that you're working with, too, they might have that idea that is going to be the one that you're looking for that you need. And so don't ever be closed-minded to any of that. And I bet the longer you've gotten in your tenure, the more open your mind has become. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt about it because, listen, technology is also the space, right? You know, social media, you know, I learn about social media because everybody uses it. And we're using pieces of social media now in the in the safety realm that, that work well. And if I was close-minded to that or didn't, didn't see an advantage to it, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today as, as a company. So you, you got to move with with what's happening in the here and now, and you can't live in the past. Although there are very good things that you just don't want to toss out that are tried and true, and you want to stay to that as well. But you have to be open-minded to, to what's coming in front of you. Yeah, and you've got to do it at a faster pace than ever before. So it's that calculation has to happen quickly. Absolutely. Well, Jason, we appreciate you taking time to join us today. You've had, I think, an incredible career, and it's really fascinating to hear how you manage EHS for such a 
really sprawling organization, a lot of locations. Well, I appreciate the invitation being able to talk to the listeners and look forward to hearing your future podcasts as well. If anyone has questions or wants to connect, how can they find you out there? My email address, you can reach out to me at, it's Freeman at sftp, which is the first four letters of Six Lives Theme Parks, dot com. Well, thanks to Jason and to all our listeners for tuning into the Employee Safety Podcast. You can subscribe to the show at Alert Media's website or on your favorite podcast player. As always, we would appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.